You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters. Holy cow, Bobby Jonas. How you doing? Brent McCoy. Good evening. Chris Scales. Evening, Mike. David Hall. Here. Gregory Hectus. What up? Joe Owen. How you doing? Mason Stiver. Hey, Mike. Bill Linden. Hello. Tony Groves. Good evening, gentlemen. Tony Rochette. Gobble, gobble. And returning guest, Steve Thompson. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Wow, it's like roll call, man. I, I think this is the a record, guys, of how many people we have on the podcast at once. But uh, I haven't counted. There's at least a dozen. So, but welcome. Uh, so let's talk about uh, first uh, iRacers Lounge sponsors, the Old Bastards Racing League, and of course they have their normal Monday event uh, sponsored by the iRacers Lounge at the Lucas Oil Raceway. Arca professional driver Kevin Pearson captured the pole and led all 100 laps to win the race. They had seven cautions. Wow, how, that's amazing. Six cautions were early in the, in the race, with racers being overly aggressive, trying to gain spots on the restarts. As the fastest way around Lucas Oil was the top, Jason Swan gained 20 spots to win the Hard Charger Award. Steve Thompson finished second, with league owner Mike Schrader coming in third. Four drivers compete. In the iRacers Lounge ARCA Championship, Kevin Pearson, Steve Thompson, Mike Schrader, and Chris Monroe. Tony Groves, you qualified ninth in a 32-car field before getting caught up in a horrible crash and finished 26. Chris, you got 28th. Ouch. Yeah, that was a rough one for me. I was uh, one of those guys getting caught up in those early cautions. But uh, I think I, and it's, it started with a bad qualifying effort. I think I qualified 17th, 18th, something like that. And then uh, that track um, closes up surprisingly quick when somebody spins. And the first wreck I didn't get into, but I had to stop uh, completely and just got into the grass a little bit to get around it. But that put me all the way in the back and then got caught up in the next couple. I just couldn't get stopped fast enough and got uh, DQ'd out because, you know, the, the 4X for each one of those pileups and the, the run through the grass was enough to go over my nine. Dang. Yeah, I got ninth in qualifying. <laughs> like, holy cow, I couldn't believe it. That was crazy. And, you know, for the, the short amount of laps I was actually on the track for, um, I was I was kind of keeping up, and I was, I was feeling pretty confident. And um, the wreck that I got, caught up in i actually thought i was gonna make my way through it and just at the last second i got smacked by somebody uh just kind of came out of nowhere took a bunch of damage i came down pits to get it all fixed up um got back out on track but i still had a tire issue my tire was stuck in the middle of my hood and uh there wasn't a whole lot i could do at that point except just park it and uh walk away sulking a little bit you can't drive with three tires (laughs) <laughs> it was a nice light show I was putting on on the uh, on the on the bottom part of the track, trying to get back to pits. But I figured I better not. 
Okay. And then, Steve, tell us about your run with a P2. I also am curious, how does he lead every lap with all these cautions in a long race? Um, we have a choice of uh, lane choice in our series, so they can take the top or the bottom. So the preferred lane was the was the top there. So I was trying to make the next round for the uh, final championship run. So he was way faster than I was. I mean, I couldn't hardly keep up. So I just kept trying to get up to the top lane as soon as the green flag dropped. So I was starting on the inside every time. And uh, there was no catch in him. All right. And he uh, even through pit cycles and stuff, he never lost a lead once. Nobody stayed out and led a lap. No, everybody... Uh, you could go about 75 laps on the fuel. So um, we had a long green flag uh, go and then uh, and then they caution. We had a late caution. So everybody came in and pitted. And of course, he got out in, for, in front. All right. <laughs> it's hard to beat a pro, but some of the, the quicker guys in, in the league are, can get surprisingly close. I know Tony was upset that he was a few tenths off in, qual in uh, practice. I pointed out, it's like, dude, you're that's an ARCA driver. That's <laughs> you're a few tenths slower than that's not bad, man. Right there, yeah, not at all. All right, well, uh, Steve, tell us, uh, you know, about the OBRL, the old bastards racing league. What's uh happening here as uh, Thanksgiving approaches? Uh, you know, seasons are wrapping up, you're, you're thinking about next year's plans. Uh, tell us what's going on. Yeah, well, first of all, I'd like to thank the iRacers Lounge for sponsoring uh, this season. And uh, we've got some exciting news because you guys are coming on for another season. So um, that the new season starts December 10th, so we're really excited about that. Um, you know, we have the two podcast professional, Chris Scales and Tony Groves, are in the ARCA races all the time. And sometimes Chris shows up for, for the uh, Xfinity series. And they've really added a personal touch to the podcast, um, having those two guys talk about the races and their personal experiences in the ARCA series. So we're, we really appreciate that. The membership applications uh, with the league have increased over 20% since our, our sponsorship with, with iRacers Lounge. And, you know, there's a spot on the application that asks how they heard about the old, how they heard about the old bastards league so they that's really valuable information we can find out where they're coming from and we're tickled to have you guys on board well absolutely we're happy to and i think our listenership has actually gone up too because you guys are like the masters of social media by the way yeah that's what i do for a living is seo and and uh, social media so i'm glad it's working out for you guys i try to get you plastered around a couple times a week so we increase the membership you know, iRacers Lounge, I mean, if if you're listening to, if you're an iRacer, I don't know why you wouldn't be listening to this uh, podcast. You guys do such a great job, and especially if you're somebody that, you know, I'm fortunate I don't have to drive to work, but I listen to the podcast all the time. But if you're driving to work, you should be downloading this and listening to it. If you don't have time to go through, through the uh, forums with all the news and information there, um, you're, you're really missing out. Okay, well, thank you. Yeah, we appreciate that. So tell us what's going on in the future here. I mean, coming up for December and uh, 2019. Yeah, our uh, we just had our championship uh, races in both the uh, Metro Ford Cup Series and the Sea Time Racing School Series, which is the Xfinity Series. Um, those just end ended on uh, Saturday for the Xfinity and uh, Sunday for the uh, 
for the Cup Series. And uh, so Metro Ford is sponsors our Cup Series, and uh, we're really excited. Um, Patrick Milligan is the owner of Metro Ford. He's been an OBRL member for over two years, and he's a great sponsor. Um, he's he's really diligent about helping us out, and uh, which was kind of cool. He sent out uh, to the top 20 drivers in the Cup Series. He sent out um, a swag bag that consisted of an old Bastards Racing League baseball hat with the Metro Ford Cup logo, a custom T-shirt that had the car number and the name of the driver on the back and uh, also some custom shopping bags and also uh, the champion Mike Franklin he received a custom bobblehead uh, with his picture on it or he'll be getting it a $50 Amazon gift card and the second place champion Dode Hoskins received a $25 gift card um, you can contact Patrick at emetro4.com forward slash OBRL he, he'll give you guys a great discount if you're looking for any new or used vehicle um, any make, model, SUV, car, whatever. We've had some some of our members buy vehicles from them and have them delivered, and, and they just can't t talk highly about their uh, their deal with him. There's there's no BS involved. Yeah, um, it's always nice to get a hookup through iRacing. Uh... Yeah, and also, um, you know, if somebody's interested in a new Ford vehicle, um, Mike Schrader, who owns the league, He's a retired uh, Ford engineer, so if somebody's, you know, needing a new a new Ford car, uh, he gets so many pins a year, so he can get you that pin too and and give you a discount. So anybody, you know, let us know. Get cool. in contact so you got that. Us with us. So you got the Ford series, and uh, what days is that? Or yeah, the Metro Ford series is on Sundays. Uh, starts at 10 a.m. Eastern time, and our new season starts um, this Sunday. Um, it's going to be a 12-week series, and we've got kind of an interesting um, program. We call it our Jackpot Series in both the uh, Seat Time Racing School Series and the Metro Ford Series. It's a uh, it's a buy-in. It's $20 per per series, and um, we've almost got it's almost full. So if you guys want to get anybody wants to get in, you know, go join the league. And uh, it pays 20 spots, and like the 20th place will end up with about 12 to 15 bucks back. So it's just kind of a fun thing. Try to get people to participate all the way through the 12-week uh, series. All right, cool. I love the payout at the end. That's nice. Yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. Um, yeah, we have uh, one of our other sponsors is Sea uh, Time Racing School. Um, they're a real NASCAR racing school. They're they're located on the east coast they're out of charlotte and um actually one of our members uh teaches the racing school there brian glass um he's been a longtime member of ours and um anyways the sea uh, time racing school uh, we're going to have a 40 in our 40 week series which starts in uh february they're actually have donated three uh racing packages uh so those packages have a value of about a thousand dollars on them and two will be um for the first and second place winners and then the uh, last one will be uh designated for somebody that's completed at least 90 percent of the races and there'll be a drawing on that so that's some pretty exciting news that's nice yeah so even if you don't you can't compete for the win you still might have a chance to win it and that's a pretty cool way to do it well like very exciting prizes for sure 
Yeah, also, um, we've got uh, one of the members, Charles Idell. he's donated um, $400, and that's be for the 40-week Cup Series and also for the uh, Seat Time Racing Series. And that's going to be on the same premise, too. Um, if you show up for 90% of the races, there's going to be a random drawing for uh, $200 in each series. So that's pretty big. And if we get some more donations, that could go up. It could go to where we add a second, maybe a third uh, person being uh, drawn on that. Nice. All right. Well, man, it sounds like a lot of activity. I mean, you've got racing pretty much every night of the week, it sounds like. Yeah, Monday night, of course, is the uh, iRacers Lounge ARCA podcast series. And then uh, Wednesday night is our truck series. And we actually, we have a new uh, sponsor. Um, we've had Keener Farms uh, sponsoring the series. And uh, we signed a new sponsor this week. And it's uh, Go Creative Wireless. And uh, they're based out of Southern California. And they have a wireless service. But they also just started a, a new streaming service where they have a streaming service that has 78 network channels on it. Um, and they have a free seven day trial um, with that right now. They just started it. So if, if anybody's looking for a streaming service, it could be anywhere in the United States, they can go to gocreativewireless.net forward slash OBRL and get that seven day trial. It's really a good deal. And also if anybody lives there in Southern California, um, we've got some of the iRacers that actually live in really rural areas that don't have great internet service and go creative wireless specializes in those rural areas. And, um, some of our, actually a couple of guys in the league, um, are using the service and they've got really low latency. They actually have lower latency than uh, some of the guys that are running, you know, two, 300 gig, uh, megabyte services. So they're a great company. Go check them out. Well, that's interesting you bring that up because I was just trying to help some guy in the Facebook uh, pages who's trying to race with Verizon uh, Hotspot, and I was telling him, well, you know, latency is your problem. You're going to have to find something else. Yeah, with the uh, you know with the wireless service, they're actually a uh, you know point to point network, so it's it's different than actual you know cell service. So they're getting like my friends there, they're getting a 20 megabytes a second download speeds. But, you know, the latency is a big one. And when you go on and, and check them out when they're iRacing, I mean, they're 66 milliseconds the whole time, which is as good as, you know, any service yeah. you're going to get out there. Yeah, it says it all right there. Well, very cool. We're happy to hear uh, from you about uh, how the season's been going. And, you know, obviously we've been tracking Monday nights. and But there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you know, we were talking about Mike Franklin. Uh, he won your championship, right? Yeah, he he won the uh, Metro Ford Cup series on uh, Sundays. Yep, 40-week series. 40 weeks, holy cow. Yeah, we follow the regular iRacing season, or iRacing, the regular NASCAR Cup season. So, um, you know, there's a couple off weeks, but we always add a race in there. It's usually a non-points race, but we'll add a fun race in so we keep people interested in racing. Okay, cool. And they, and so you start that on the Daytona 500 week? Yes, that's correct. Both the Sea uh, Time Racing School Xfinity Series and the uh, Metro Cup Series. Cool, cool. All right, uh, what else do you got there, Steve? You want to tell people how to get hooked up with you guys and drop them a link and that kind of thing? 
Yeah, go to uh, obrl.racing and or obrl.net. We've got a bunch of different domains, or you can check us out on uh, Facebook, Old Bastards Racing League. Uh, um, so you can uh, you have to go in and sign an application, fill out an application. You have to be um, 35 years or older and under 3500 i rating and we try to keep the racing where it's close and and door to door so um come check us out guys we've got some we've got some spots opened up and uh, we'd love to have uh, some new members um, we get probably close to uh, 100 applications a week and we kind of go through them and try to figure out who's gonna fit the uh, league the best so come check us out all right cool well we uh, certainly in, appreciate being involved with you guys uh you guys have some great racing. It's always fun to talk about. So, uh, welcome. I guess let's get into topics. Uh, Brent, you're up first. All right. We got some uh, news on the day-night situation that's happening with iRacing. And it's pretty good news, I think. Um, let's hear that Sean Nash went and made a post on the forums page. Sean is a uh, staff member through iRacing. Said that the day-to-night, it is totally on track for release at this time. And he went and posted a a uh, recent image of it they're out they've also been posting quite a bit lately on the iRacing um, Instagram page and their Twitter page about some videos with the day night transitions I haven't seen a um, a video yet of the sped up version from day to night but there's kind of a uh, late evening video in there and it looks fabulous it looks absolutely amazing in my opinion um, even with this open wheel car that's going around he's even got a um, I believe they're at Richmond if I'm not mistaken, in a uh, um, NASCAR stock car. So this is exciting news. He says it's going to be on for release around this in the December build, hopefully. They're uh, just working on the final kinks with it. Yeah, look at that sunset, man. I mean, the colors in the sky, look, they, look, they got it right for sure. I, I'm really excited for this. And as we'll find out later, this is going to be a big uh, part of the, the com- upcoming build. All right, Bobby, uh championship world truck series champion tell us about him all right bobby must have fell off i'll jump yep. on this one are you there yep yep is in the wrong button hey uh how about cool is this though for brett moffitt and the iRace, and they actually sponsored him at eldora this year and lo and behold he would go on to win the championship final at homestead this year and then if you guys actually caught his interview in victory lane he actually thanked iRacing for coming aboard this year and helping him out Yep. Yeah, that's awesome that iRacing has a small part of the truck championship, you know, as a sponsor of, of at least one race. Uh, and, and, you know, Eldora is a, you know, would probably be considered a crown jewel, too, uh, of that. There was actually a, an interesting story for that team. It was definitely a Cinderella story as they didn't know if they were going to be able to make every race this season. Yeah, they're a very small team. Um, there's only eight to ten employees on that team at all. I one of my good friends works there. That's a big deal for them to make it the whole year with the budget they had. And it kept getting smaller as the year went along. So the iRacing stepping up was a huge deal for those guys. Yeah, it, it is a, a, a Cinderella story and that they, you know, struggled with financially to get to each race. And uh, I understand, you know, next year is still very fluid for this team anyway. Brett has nothing signed. I just heard him on a podcast, uh, Brett Moffat, and he's looking for a job right now, and he's the champion. He has no job. He has nothing. And uh, Hattori Racing, they're actually looking at Natalie Decker, I think, who's a young lady who's trying to come up to the truck series. Uh, I'm sure she's bringing a sponsor, and that's probably why they're talking to her. 
probably bring Monster with her, wouldn't she? I don't know. That are the the twenty nine sponsor that that she carries uh, through the Arca season. Right. But congrats to Brett Moffat and uh, who wants to talk Xfinity, Chris? Yeah, I've um I actually caught most of the races this year, but I didn't get to watch the the championship race. But uh, Tyler Reddick ended up coming away the champion, which uh, was fine with me as the junior motorsports driver. I'm good with it. But uh, and since Sadler wasn't wasn't in the the top four, you know why not? I guess. But um, wasn't sure. I thought I had seen him on iRacing. At oh yeah, some he's point. on iRacing, or we wouldn't be talking about it. Oh, I was gonna say yeah. <laughs> yeah I, mean, I, I was a, almost positive I did. Yeah, but, all uh, three of the champions are actually iRacers. So he's got his name hidden. He's secret. Okay, and then of <laughs> course uh, I'll say uh, Joey Logano as well. Uh, congratulations to him, and what a pass he made on the outside, guys. I mean, he just blew by him. I mean, it was like Martin was standing still. I don't know what uh, what happened there, but, yeah, congrats to Joey. He is on iRacing. Not much, but he does have an account. I have seen him around occasionally, so. Yeah, and his spotter there is the uh, iRacing spotter, TJ Majors. Well, yeah, TJ, of course, he's very involved in iRacing. Yeah, congrats to him as well. That was awesome championship week, and all all three races were great. All right, and then let's jump into our own champion, uh, Ray Alfala, who won the Peak Series. He was in Miami for the uh, Homestead event, where he got pre- presented the big check for ten grand uh, from Clint Boyer. It looks like is standing there with him. Uh, his fourth title. Um, there was also some social media where uh, he was at the Ford tent meeting fans and signing diecast. And he actually has a, a little diecast of his car. And uh, he had a line of fans and he's got a Sharpie and, uh, you know, taking photos with everybody. And uh, I was a little surprised by that. I didn't think there was a demand for that. But that is cool that Ford set him up for that. Well, it was just the Ford thing he was signing, not his car. Oh, I see. Okay. I'm like, well, how do they do that? The Ford one was just present or was presented to him. It was the only, looks like it was only one of one. Now, with that being said, we did find on Facebook a tribute by uh, Kyle Putz, who actually created a Ray Alfala diecast um, for the occasion. And uh, you can, I don't know if it's for sale, but you, if it is, you can contact Kyle Putz, P-U-T-Z, on Facebook. Uh, he's got pictures on his Facebook page of the actual die cast. He's got a box with uh, artwork on it and everything. With, uh, and I think he, the idea is he's giving one to, to Ray. Uh, what else happened with Alfala? He got a, uh, a ring guys there uh, iRacing posted a picture on Facebook of the championship NASCAR ring I mean get a gander at that I mean that's not something to to cough about there that is nice it's got the big old checkered flag have. on it you know it looks like the inlay is for like diamonds I don't know if it does have diamonds on it it's hard to tell from the photo but boy it is a it kind of reminds me of like a Super Bowl ring. And from what I understand, it's almost a replica of the cup car 
championship uh, ring that Laganu will get. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's a beauty for sure. Well, congrats to uh, to Ray. I mean, obviously he got it done this year. So, uh, one more thing on this: uh, most popular driving. Uh, remember, we talked about Matt Busa put up a poll in the Google Forums uh, to post or to vote on this. And the top 10 so far after 500 votes last update was Ray Alfala was the leader. So uh, I guess he is going to win that too. Uh, it says voting does close on November uh, 23rd. So if you guys want to vote, go to the peak forums. And in there you'll see most popular driver voting uh, thread. All right, Chris, you're next with Cake. <laughs> yeah, uh, one second. I wasn't quite prepared for this. I don't have it pulled up. I did check out the uh, the picture of the cake, however. So how does cake and iRacing go together? Quite well, apparently, when you got a cake artist like uh, like this one. This cake looks absolutely amazing. Yeah, I couldn't pronounce this guy's name that who's uh I'm gonna have to retranslate it again, whose wife made him this cake, but this it's hilarious and it looks it's like translated uh, for you. There we go. It looks like him sitting in um his rig. It's got his his rig, the monitors, him, every little button and detail, all edible, apparently. <laughs> The triple monitors uh, on little stands, which look like toothpicks. I can't see what it said on his screens. I don't know if that's like his race team or something. Oh, that's it's the Necky, name of his Necky team. Racing. Yeah. Yeah. Necky Racing, yeah. But it's amazing, uh, the detail. I mean, it's literally a racing cockpit with triple screens. And look at the keyboard over on the right with all the buttons, individual buttons and everything. It's, it's amazing. Hey, he's got his gloves sitting right, right beside him. Um, just about ready to put them on so he doesn't wreck his wheel. I mean, yeah, the, the detail is phenomenal. So also it translated it's out to, uh, since it's in Spanish there, it says, I have no words f for the birthday cake that my wife gave me. It's a top split work for iRacing. I wish my wife would bake me a cake that looked like a cockpit. <laughs> okay. That is cool. Okay, this is kind of silly here. Uh, a little bit, but there is even the cord that would run from the steering wheel. Um, you can see it kind of oh, in, yeah, in the, the setup there. Cord. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> this is so cool. Well, well done. Uh, if you want to see this, go to Twitter and search Neki N E K I Racing, and you'll find that that picture. It's pretty cool to see. All right, David, you're next. All right, I'm really glad this one came up to me because uh, you guys know I love the GTR class cars, or no, GTE class cars. The schedule for the GTE Road to Pro series is out. Um, it's a qualifying series, and they're going to be qualifying on Saturdays, racing on Sundays. The best way to secure a spot is to be 25 overall in points. Um, however, they expect some teams to drop out or choose not to run in the championship series, so there may be some other positions open up. It's going to be a uh, it's going to be a GTE seri only series uh, and endurance series competitors that are already in the pro are not allowed to compete. So you, it has to be people who have not joined that series. 
Um, and they have a six-week schedule up. It's running every other week. And uh, the courses are Road Atlanta, Monza Branch Hatch, Montegay, uh, Interlagos, and Nuremberg. Those are some tough tracks. Uh, Monza's pretty fun. Yeah, starting December 22nd, first week. And that's A-class, of course, and that's how you get to the the pro, guys. If you want a pro license and you're a, a road driver, this is it. Are you going to do it, David? Yeah, I don't know if I'm quite good enough to hit the top 25, but I'll give it a shot. Well, that's the thing. I mean, run it anyways, uh, just because why not, you know? I'll run it. Yeah, if I'm off work, I would run it too. Um, I mean, it sounds like fun, so... Uh, and, it depends and on the track. Just one class, right? It's just GTE. Yeah, it won't be. You won't be having to race around uh, slow dr prototype drivers or or GT3s that want to get a big head if it's a race for position. Okay. We'll check that out. Uh, that's exciting. And so, next up, Greg, uh, let's talk about esport champions in other titles. Now, this stuff is a little bit. Not related to iRacing, but I thought we would talk about these three things because it is the end of the season. It is sort of related to sim racing and the fact that it's eSports and that kind of thing. So uh, tell us what you got. Okay, so first we got uh, something that I grew up on playing here is obviously Gran Turismo. That's, you know, being a huge PlayStation guy. So they had their championships uh, with that. I know years ago they used to do this... Uh, Using Grand Trees, but they used to, uh, <clears throat> this is how they would get their endurance driver for the uh, GTR car. I don't know if they still do that, um, but it's good to see that even PlayStation's acknowledging the, you know, the racing world, uh, the virtual world for esports. Um, I don't know, do you guys, have you, any of you guys ever uh, played Grand Turismo before? Oh yeah, yeah, I used to love that series back in the day. And like Mike said, it's, Mike said, it's not exactly um, eye racing, but it can definitely be a gateway drug. <laughs> this is what you do to get them hooked. You get them on the the, the console series, get them um, looking at, get them in these these uh, the these championships like this, so they they you know take they can make a career out of it. I mean, that's what everybody playing you know games ten hours a day wants. They want to be able to make a job out of it. Get them into this, and then when they want to move on to the to race the big boys, then then they get eye racing. Yeah, I didn't go through console games, but I remember buying a, basically a single-player NASCAR game first before I discovered R-Factor. It was kind of my, my route into the racing world. Now, there's a video of this Gran Turismo championship. It's almost three hours long. When I found this, guys, I started watching it, and I got hooked. I mean, why... It's the it's the presentation of of it. It's not about Gran Turismo specifically. It's the way they're doing it. It's there's a crowd, there's teams, there's cockpits, there's in, you know there's a TV component where there's you know they have the pretty girl doing an interview with the guy and you know after the event and and it's just a whole you know it look it makes it look like a sport the way that they broadcast it. And it's a textbook. This is how it should be done. Uh, the way they've put this presentation together to be able to watch a basically a video game race and make it look legitimate in a way like these are real people, they're really racing, 
they're all in the same room. There's people rooting for them. They're on teams. All that stuff put together, man, they really blew it out of the park. I was very impressed. The commentary was spectacular. It's, it's, exactly. it's just as good as what you'd find in real life. I mean, it is real life. They're actually, they are actually competing, and it's real racecraft and everything like that. So I'm really glad that um, it gets, you know, serious commentary and people kind of appreciate that. Yeah, you're right. And um, I think I've said this before, but a lot of what you can see on the sim and, you know, drive races like this, you'll see races that are, are more fun to watch than what you'll see in real life. I and mean, there's some really, just like uh, um, what Mike said, you know, that's, he just turned it on and all of a sudden he's hooked, you know, because of the, the quality of the broadcast and the racing that he's seeing. Right. Yeah, and, and I, I saw some comment that said that uh, Formula One champ Hamilton was going to be in one of these events uh and i kind of watched for his name but i never saw it but yeah he's sponsored by uh sony and gran turismo there he's he's a big advocator for them to mercedes um i guess the next uh thing was the nascar um heat championship so this is the one uh what was uh who was the president that was talking about uh using that the other nat both steve nascars phelps. steve phelps um this is the other, uh, or the competitor, I guess, for iRacing. It's not really a competitor, but it's another choice for racing is the NASCAR Heat Series. Um, and they had their championship. So a guy named FedEx, or his handle, I guess, is FedExRCN11, uh, won $10,000 for winning the Miami race. And I guess the impressive thing was is he beat a whole bunch of people using wheels with a controller. Yeah, he was on a controller. Most everyone else was on a wheel. And he won ten grand for that. Yeah, which is pretty. That's a you know you get to go to the 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 weekend and enjoy the weekend in Miami, and then you get to win ten grand on it. Not a bad weekend there. Okay, so now I want you to compare the two videos that we just saw: the NASCAR Heat to the Gran Turismo. They're both presenting themselves as eSport, but look at the presentation of the the difference in the video. I mean. It's 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 night and day, which is what we've been talking about. How NASCAR seems to be in the background of pushing their esports stuff, right? They're not really well on I mean, board if you look yet. At the NASCAR, yeah, if you look at this NASCAR Heat video, they got some you know cockpits set up with some steering wheels, but they're all in the back of a semi truck. You know, there's no there's no glamour to it. There's no flashing lights and smoke and mirrors and everything like you saw in that Gran Turismo thing. They have a huge set. They have, you know, everything in position. It's a very professional thing that they, they put together. You know, it's night and day difference. There's no professional uh, broadcast or eSport, I think, when, you you know, you see this video about NASCAR heat. I'm a little confused, too, because NASCAR has been promoting iRacing, um, but they're also promoting the officially licensed NASCAR heat. So are they going for different drivers? Like, you know, the older people that can buy their own setup and, and race technically, uh, usually go on iRacing and then maybe the younger crowd goes to NASCAR heat. That's exactly what they're doing. The console hits a wider demographic. The iRacing hits the bigger spending demographic. Right. They're just going for everybody is the answer. All right. And then Greg, what was the other one? So it looks like the also the McLaren Shadow Project. Um, 
congratulations to Marcus Jansen uh, for being the 2018 iRacing champion of it. Um, so I don't know when did this get awarded. I wasn't. I can't see it. It just came out this week. Just and week. There, and there's like no information. There's like just what you read. There's one sentence, and that's it. And there's like a little splash video. And so I don't know much about it. But uh, McLaren does have a a thing up on their website. You know, at the McLaren Shadow Project, uh, where you can get more information. And I think that means he now becomes one of their sim testing project or like drivers he gets to be part of their uh um their program there right yeah i think the guy before was rudy um that was much more publicized better this time uh yeah i didn't see a lot on social media about it all right let's keep moving uh mason you're next all right we got an article from kalanda sim sport um saying the silly season for the NASCAR peak drivers. They've added uh, Keegan Leahy and Bobby Zelensky to their team for peak auto racing. Wow, those are some heavy hitters. Yeah, I was I couldn't comprehend it when I read it the first time. Well, now let's talk about Coanda Simsport. They're a big team, but mostly in Formula One, right? They have Mitchell DeJong. Yeah, that's what I was reading up on them. So it seems like they're doing uh, the open wheel stuff. Yeah, and and rally and and whatnot. But it's cool that you know they they've signed a couple you know peak guys and and these are no slouches. We're talking top ten drivers here. Looks like they're related to VRS as well in a way. Yeah, because I know that they're all part of the they have the VRS stuff too. That's why I guess Bobby and Keegan are on there then. All right. Well, congrats to Keegan and Bobby. Phil Linden, you get the big topic of the week. So the December build is coming up, and uh, Tony Gardner made a post to update us all on the current status of all the projects they have going on in the background. Um, the big thing is that this December, they're going to um, put out the day-to-night cycle, which we've been hearing about forever. Um, we already talked about some of the videos they've been putting out. The only catch is that HDR won't be in this build, so it won't look as good as it could, um, but at least we'll have day-to-night in time for the um, Daytona 24-hour. Um, a few of the other things, like the tire model version 7, um, it's still in alpha testing, so they didn't put it in this build. Um, I'm hoping to see it. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That means March for the tires, right? better than a broken tire model you know that we have to change all our setups anyway and stuff like that so and it's only on a few cars right so in order to roll it out on more cars and have it be tested better i guess they're pushing it another build um and the damage model as well so i they um, published some videos a while back now about um the damage model in progress but again that's only on certain cars they have to do every car um and it's not ready yet which is another bummer and ai is something that they haven't really talked about a lot um they say it's close but still have a few quote distracting issues um i'm not sure what they mean by distracting whether it's like race ruining or just immersion breaking Uh, but again it won't be in this build so we'll have to keep waiting um but on the plus side we do get a new free track uh the Cuba, um, 
is a track that they scanned a while ago, I believe. And the Charlotte Roval, the, the upcoming layout for the NASCAR series, will both be in the game for free. Um, so I thought that was really interesting that they're re releasing, uh, you know, both of these without having people pay for it. Um, and then as far as uh, cars go, a Formula 3 car is coming out. So uh, that's another interesting choice, and I don't think a lot of people were expecting that. Yeah, the Formula 3 is competing with the Pro Mazda and the Formula Renault. See, the, the thing that's interesting here, do you think they give those two free tracks because of the... It, it seems like the day-night is the only thing they got? Well, I think the Charlotte, because they already have Charlotte, so it's just updating the infield of Charlotte, so to speak. So it's kind of like a rescan. So that one makes sense why that's not a cost. I think Scuba... I think they're just doing that for, you know, historically, that's been a track that's always been available on any kind of racing game you've ever played. Um, as far as other tracks, uh, the Chili Bowl, um, which iRacing sponsored um, a Dirt Midget for the last year's Chili Bowl when they rolled out the Midget, um, that track, they say it'll be released before the actual race this January, but will not be in the early December build. So I, I don't know if that means they're going to release the track mid-build, but um, it's the first enclosed track uh, on the service. I still wonder what the blimp view is going to look like. And uh, they said here that there might be another surprise car you might hear about soon. Nothing like dropping hints. And uh, some new things we have not discussed yet, like a new crowd system at every track. Ooh, yeah. We, I'm tired of the paper cutouts for the cardboard people. See, now with all those announcements there, you guys, if you're, if you're putting it together, do you think that, okay, if the tire model is ready for March, do you think the AI and the audio might come with it in March? Or do you think only one makes it to March and they still keep getting pushed, the other ones? I think the damage model for sure will be in March um, because it sounds like they're just, oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> Reading here closer. Damage model is the longest way to go out of everything they've mentioned, so maybe they're prioritizing uh, yeah, the AI yeah, yeah. more. It comes down to they probably have separate teams working on each thing, and so it's going to depend on the progress of the, each team. Yeah. I hope they learn their lesson with the way they announced the tire model when they first were saying it's going to come, and to now not not announce when they think it's going to come out. Just get it close and then start doing it. Don't say it's going to come out and then like a year later. Well, they did announce that they would do the night today in January if that's what it came to. Do you think they would do the tire model the same way if before February? No. No, the tire models will be a major build thing. Yeah. Yeah, but if you that's a lot of participation to lose in the NASCAR series between February and March. I don't think they're worried about it. I mean, I haven't read anything that says they're, they're concerned about that, that kind of thing. I mean, the problem with the tire model is uh, back uh, in February to March last year, you know, the Dave Kamer came on the forums and basically said the word June. And that indicated it would be in the next build in June. And, and here we are uh, now into December, and it's not going to be in there. We're looking at the March and so it's like a 12, at least a 12-month cycle since he said the word June uh, before we potentially could see the tires. And I guess what? I don't even 
think it'll come then. That's the danger of putting out dates when you're not even, you know, they're still working on it. So it's something they thought was easier. Um, they get to it and it's really, really hard or you know, stuff like that. So um, question, does the tire model, is that for all cars and all series? We've got, you know, uh, asphalt oval, asphalt road, dirt oval and dirt road. And all the different cars behave differently. Like Formula One car tires are not the same as NASCAR tires. Um, and so on. So do they have to go through and make a different tire model for every class? I think so. I think once they get that compound done, the basic part, then they have to go, you know, tweak it for each car. And there is a mention in this discussion that uh, they only had it on a few cars so far. Right. So my hope is that, you know, once they get the really core um, series, the ones with a lot of participation, like NASCAR, um, that they'll incrementally release it. Hopefully, they say they don't want to do that too soon, but hopefully they don't wait until, you know, the, the series that nobody runs finished before releasing it to everybody. Well, it doesn't sound like there's a lot in the December build. It sounds like they're, they're working on a lot. There's a lot of stuff in progress. It's just not going to be done for this particular deadline. But the day tonight will be awesome. Yeah, and again, I'd rather have them push it off another build and make sure it's right than release it with a bunch of bugs. Right. See, they, when you're looking at this, they're pretty close to having only a, a minimal build here. If that day-night missed, they weren't going to have much at all for the next build. Well, he did indicate that the team uh, is working day-night. It's been doing weekends. And I, I did read that in the forums on a different spot where they are putting in a lot of extra hours trying to get that done. All right. Uh, we'll keep moving. Tony Groves, you're next. Bubba. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> Bubba Wallace is going to be back on the sim and during the offseason. He uh, threw up on uh, Twitter. What did he throw up on Twitter? He said he's getting the off-season vibes. Got the iRacing rig set up to stream. Let's race. So apparently you can find Bubba Wallace 76 on on Twitch. Look him up. Yeah, I checked it out, actually. Uh, he's got, got a camera showing his face in the corner so you can see his face while he's racing and he was running a truck race at martinsville actually he was running fifth uh when i was watching and he was digging trying to get up there and win that race and you know every couple laps he would yell out or something or he would cackle and he looked like he was having a good time yeah and i watched it earlier too and he um he gets just as frustrated with all the cautions as you and i do so all right, Tony Rochette, uh, the Ferrari GT3 Challenge. Oh, it looks like the thoughts of uh, replacing the Ferrari GT3 uh, Challenge with the Honda Pro HPD. Um, they're considering uh, replacing the fixed GT3 Challenge series uh, with the fixed Honda uh, for uh, Season 1. Uh, what are your thoughts? So I this thought... is that short race, right? 15 minutes? I wouldn't Lewis have had any thought. Oh, sorry, Chris. I was just going to say this. Um, isn't that serious? They're just trying to get exposure for different cars. Is a, that's why they kind of intended to do it. So, right to get 
get different things in. They tried the Ferrari this time. They try another one this the next time. Well, the Ferrari got booted out of the other GT3 series. So um, another uh, the Porsche came into the GT3 series, and then they had to kick a car out from the multi-class. So they gave the Ferrari GT3 its own, so people could still drive it. And right. now it's actually in, still in the GT3 series, the VRS series. It's not in the GT. It's not in the IMSA series anymore. It got booted out of there when the Porsche GTE came out. But they had a separate, just a separate Ferrari one. But the H, the was it the H, uh, the Honda here. It it's only the HPVD is only good for um, the IMSA, isn't it? Or not IMSA for the Le Mans, isn't it? Yeah, it's the only place it's used, and it's not getting very much participation. Everybody's always either in a in a GTE or in a uh, Le Mans prototype. Well, it seems silly to toss it in the series then. I mean, just to use a car that doesn't get used. So I usually probably wouldn't have an opinion on this, but I have that the GT3, um, and I was thinking of running some of these just to practice on practice for road. And since they're so quick, fixed setup, I thought that'd be great. Which I guess that'll still work, is since they're not going to be changing it until season one. I can still get some time on that in that series. Yeah, they basically did throw the series up originally, kind of throw a bone to throw a bone to the GT3 people who felt robbed of their their car being taken out of IMSA. Well, it's a fairly new car too, right? It had it yeah, it like had just come out the same time the Ferrari GTE came out when the GTE class was created, um, and then it it got cut when they added the Porsche. So did we run this in uh, the 24 last year? Because I could have sworn I bought that GT3 to spectate Daytona and was going to run it this year and then found out I had a car that wouldn't race Daytona this next year. It's possible. In, it's possible. It was in that race last year, probably. Last year. Yeah. I can't keep up. It is possible. Stuff. It's possible because the Porsche had not been released at that time. Gotcha. All right. Well, I don't know if they're going to change the car. They're actually they're kind of asking uh, on Instagram, what are your thoughts? And it obviously started a discussion and everybody's got an opinion obviously um, what if they uh here's just another thought I'd, what if they put that with the uh, radical together just have like a series where they have two different because that's a little bit faster than the radical isn't it yeah just throw them all together yeah put in the hpd the the ferrari gt gt3 and the radical one series i don't know 15 minutes a uh, short fix that sounds like something up up my alley I haven't done it yet, but now that the NASCAR season is over, I'll be looking for something to do. All right, uh, let's keep moving. I got a couple announcements here uh, before we go to hardware software. Uh, Tafosi Racing is still looking for a social media manager and a league manager. If you have those kind of uh, heavy skills, uh, find me or Greg and uh, we'll hook you up. Um, our friends over at KMA Racing are still having their event that's coming up December 1st, so uh, make sure to go to Facebook and help uh, the GoFundMe by participating in this event to help Scott, who had a quadruple bypass surgery, and so uh, he's needing financial assistance. All right, let's get into hardware software. Bobby Jonas, you're up first. Track Racer. All right, I lost Bobby. I'll take it. Okay, Greg. So we we looked back at this uh, video probably what a couple months ago, 
or they they were just announcing it they were testing it and uh with this seat and man is this this thing's got so many options um and it's a nice setup here so it's the uh h or the r s6 uh from track racer uh we're looking at the uh facebook page for them um but it looks like they finally got a price for it now too and it looks it's pretty reasonably priced uh for the market right now um well 649 they, but it's australia oh is it i didn't even see that okay yeah. but uh you know it's even got it's apparently it's also uh it's already got the holes drilled out for even the direct drive wheels now too that are all being released so comes with a five-year warranty um it looks like a really comfortable seat, um, and it's fully adjustable in, in all the different angles. So, you know, what do you guys think of this seat? Well, let me tell you about that seat. It says it's a fiberglass seat, engineered for both strength and comfort, with sizing to suit most drivers, specifically in the medium to extra large, large size range, which they list as 30 to 34-inch waist. Not I. Huh. Well, it's interesting. It's T-R-A-K, no C, racer.com, if you guys want to check that out. It is Australia, I believe. And uh, But yeah, I thought it was a pretty good price based on what you're getting there. Yeah, it looks really nice. I like it. Um, even the seat is fire-retardant fabric, in case you intend on setting it on fire. <laughs> uh, it's a stationary cockpit. You know, it's got all the things to, you know, mount your wheel and your uh, pedals and whatnot so uh, it's a tubular kind of look to it uh, much like the obutto it kind of looks like an obutto uh, as far as the tubular part of it or the tubes it's got it's basically a, a you know it's probably the uh, top of the line non-motion rig type seat because of all the accessories that you can add with it yeah and the seat they have, it looks like a racing seat. You know, it kind of wraps around your head a little bit and your shoulders. So, yeah, if you're in Australia, guys, check it out for sure. Trackracer.com. All right, Brent McCoy. All right, Forbes um, went and did an article. I believe it was back on the 15th of this month. They did an article on the new RTX 2080 Ti NVIDIA and the problems that have been reported with this. Turns out there's a pretty big issue with it, and uh, NVIDIA finally went and confirmed that issue. They said that there's a issue with the heat coming on or that's being distributed throughout the, um, the card itself, and this issue escaped their initial testing that they did in-house, and it only became apparent after several people have complained, and even one of them started on fire. The cards did. There was some benchmark testing that they did here, and they said, where was it? The average temp of, after only two hours of testing the card in an open-air bench test, generally it's around 68 degrees. They said this testing was at 138 degrees Fahrenheit. So clearly this is a, a serious issue. NVIDIA said that they're, uh, anyone who's got an issue with this to contact their support team through online, punch a ticket with them, and it says, quote, they will get you taken care of. So... Not sure what that means. Hopefully, you know, it's replacing these cards with these new ones after all these testings that they're doing with these new cards or what. But if you have a new 2080 Ti, I would highly suggest checking out this Forbes.com um, site that was done by Jason on here for some information. Yeah, wow. it's saying that uh, that it might be the Micron GDDR6 memory. Um, 
that swapping it out for Samsung has been helping, from what I read. Yeah, so I actually read into this a bit. I thought this was going to end up being my topic. And, like, so uh, NVIDIA hasn't come up and said anything um, for sure, but just from what they've seen on the forums of people that have had bad cards, um, they think they might know what's um, caused it. So when you buy these cards, they don't necessarily have all the same parts in them, just like any electronic you get. And so I guess they're, they're, from what people are seeing, there might have been a bad batch of memory, um, DDR6 memory that came from Micron, because the cards they're receiving back have memory that's from Samsung. So other people that had those, uh, that Micron batch might have problems. <laughs> yeah, right, well, so it, NVIDIA is still, they're still staying pretty quiet on this. They're not saying how many are affected, how many of the cards or whatnot. I guess it's kind of hard to get a, an exact number, but um, there's a picture on here of one of these cards and you can tell where the entire of area of the laptop where this card was is just melted and burnt. Pretty serious that's, issue. Yeah, that's the crappy thing. You're right. They haven't really said anything. They just kind of said, um, yeah, there's a problem. And if you have a problem, let us know. But if the if what users are speculating is true, and it is the um, that micron memory that's causing the problem, they know exactly <laughs> which cards have the problem. And so, if they were more forward about it, if that is the issue, they could issue a recall. Time for a recall. Well, I was going to say you heard it here first, guys. I think it was four weeks ago. We told you do not buy this card, and uh, this further explains why we told you that because forbes.com is a, a pretty mainstream uh they did have a quote directly from them that said there is a problem but not much more than that as everyone said so yeah if you don't buy this card guys not yet we'll let this thing sort out you know let's find out if there's gonna be a recall you know the people that buy this card early uh, and are stuck with them i mean uh, i'd be pretty pissed myself is that kind of the price you pay, though, for, I mean, as a consumer, for jumping on something initially during the first release? I mean, it's always you, a risk of that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because the thing that comes to mind is the direct drive wheels that are coming out and stuff. You know, I mean, is there, do you need to be careful buying the first edition of those, you know? It's the yeah. same of any project or anything yeah. electronic, everything though, electronic, right? Yep. Even a car or something, like if you buy a car, you buy the first year of a car, the amount of recalls and stuff it can have. Red Rings of Death on Xboxes. That was enormous. I mean, when we talked about this initially weeks ago, the speculation on the forums was it was a bad design that was leading to overheating of the memory. Uh, typically, too, NVIDIA, they rely, release the, uh, like the 980 card first, then six or eight months later, they release the 1080 or the TI cards. Yeah, they didn't do that this time, huh? No, if they released them the same time. Right. And, and I, I don't think it's specific to TI either. It's 2080 TI and 2080s that are having the problem. It's both. I wonder if they just didn't test it enough. Well, it's kind of what this article reads as. Um, they, you know, how do you miss it in testing? I mean, uh, I can't think of a better way to test it than to hand it out to a dozen iRacers and let them burn it up. There's plenty of other things that burn more than iRacing would GPU-wise. Right. Yeah, it's kind of silly that they miss this in testing, to tell you the truth. Well, as we were you... talking about the December build stuff, you know, we want them to, for that stuff to be right, so we want this stuff to be right, too. 
All right, uh, Chris Scales, you're next. Yeah, and Brent, maybe you can help me out with the, a little bit with this one because I think sure. you've poked around with the, the software a bit. But it uh, looks like that we have some new software out, and um, I'm hearing early it's uh, pretty cool. Um, I pitting. Yeah, so I'm, sorry, I, I'm pity board is yep. the full title. Yeah, so I pitting board is a um, it's a new software. I did some digging in and created an account with these guys initially. It's free account. What it is is it's basically for team um basically for keeping track of your team so if you're in the imza series or you're doing a 24 event or or any kind of you know class c fixed if you're running a team or you want to keep track of um certain number of drivers and see how they're doing progressing throughout that season you can go ahead and and do that all you got to do is create an account and then go through these guys and it punch in your numbers or your your members that you want so like for us i've got david hall in here i've got myself mason Mason uh, Stiver's also in here, and I'm looking at a list, and it's just going through, you know, Watkins Glen, Suzuka, Road Atlanta, and it's telling you, you know, keeping track of their points, how they're doing, how many IR loss incidents per lap, basically breaks it down all into a form, or you can do charts, or you can do different types of graphs, and it's a, if you're a team management manager, this is probably something to be very well interested in, as you've got something right in front of you on your screen, where you can tell how each one of your drivers are doing. I was going to ask, um, I don't know, you haven't had a, a bunch of time to poke around at it, but does it only work for official races, or like could Steve get this for the, the league and, and be able to uh, keep track of the league member stats, do you know? Yeah, no, from what I looked, I think it's just official races so far, and there's actually a couple series, um, official series that aren't on there. So I think it was the NIS series where I'm hoping they get it on there. Maybe it's just because it just ended. Why it's no longer on there? But NIS isn't NIS isn't on there yet. And I believe the C Open. If you run the C Open, um, that's not on there either. Now C Fixed is B Open, B Fixed, and then the A Open and A Fixed are. But that might be something to bring up with them as far as um, as far as the NIS season Open and Fixed, because I know that's as a team for Tifosi Racing. That's probably something that we would look at quite a bit. Yep. from a manager side of stuff and just to compare everyone's stats and to see where they are so instead of going through and looking at everyone's i rating you can just pull this up and you would have that all listed there yeah it's a great idea it's a, a fabulous idea i wish they would add the nis to it i think it would like you said do wonders for us to kind of just give us a better easier way to look up stats like we were trying to pull up your end of your stats and it's like a nightmare to try to figure out stats what was i last year and all this other stuff and it's a nightmare but if you had this service like this going uh, this is really neat and it, it looked really nice it's ipitting.com is how you find it and uh, yeah i hope they add the nis yep, extremely easy to use and extremely easy to add drivers you can either add other drivers to peak or pro drivers if you wanted so something to check out if you're a team manager yeah, and if uh, the, those guys are listening, add the NIS, and I will absolutely use it. Uh, there's also a feature I saw in the video that uh, will present a uh, a social media graphic, so to speak. With a, you can take a picture of your car, and it'll overlay like the team logo and the finish and that race and that kind of thing. And it makes it real easy to actually post to social media the results that you're seeing on this on this website. Pretty cool. All right, David Hall, you're next. 
Okay, any of our Valve fans out there, particularly if you ever grew up playing Half-Life, they have leaked images of a new VR headset being actually produced by Valve. Um, these images came from around July, so they think it may be fairly far in development. Um, it has a, an on-ear design similar to the Rift, but it also interestingly has two front-facing cameras um, and it may even have a feature where you can where it can actually track your hands instead of having to use a something like an Oculus Touch. Um, and one of the neatest features on it is that it seems to have about a 25 degree wider field of vision than the current standard. Um, and they could possibly also be putting out a Half-Life VR game as as a part of the package. Um, so it's really nice to have the new competition coming in and I, I Half-Life was fun. So it's, almost, I would almost try it or try to port it over to my Oculus Rift if it came out. That's oh, a, can this ahead, work Mark. on iRacing, this kind of VR goggle? Well, I mean, this is just some images that have been linked. Valve themselves has not come out and said anything about producing it. The only thing additional that somebody looked up patents recently done by valve and they've recently uh registered a trademark of valve index but um there's this is all still very speculative they've just leaked some images and people are trying to put together what they think might be the case based on what based on the pictures right well a competition's good guys it'll drive down price that's for sure uh and then 110 degree fov that is a, a big increase. So, well, if well, you're going to go up by 110, yeah, yeah, the current standard is 110, and it's a, it's 135. I don't ever really feel limited by the field of vision. I know that you can see wider on triples, but when I'm playing, I don't really even hardly turn my head, especially when I'm in an oval car. On the road courses, I tend to look down the apex, but in the oval, I can pretty much, I pretty much don't even move my head, and that's not too far from real life because when you have that Hans device on, you can't turn your head. Right. Good point. All right. Uh, let's keep moving. Mason Stiver, you're next. Yeah, it looks like we have a uh, rig tour by Empty Box, a YouTube video. Um, he did one before. This was a rig tour two. It says everything is all the same, except um, he got a new pro cockpit. It's called the Spinard Simulations Pro Cockpit. Um, it's 850 Canadian dollars. Um, it's got, um, he said his, his difference when talking about cockpit versus where he was on the desk before is, uh, the difference in ergonomics. So the desk is fixed. You can't really customize the, the height or anything, but the cockpit is so customizable with your pedal angles, your steering wheel angle, how far down you sit, that kind of stuff. Um, the cockpit looks really sweet. I would definitely be interested in this. Yeah, I'm I'm in I've never heard of this. It's spinardsimulation.com and you spell that S P E N A R D simulation.com. And it's a, a you know, stationary cockpit, much like we were talking about earlier, but uh it's just a different design. It you know, it is stationary. It's got a place to mount everything though, you know. It, and as Empty Box talked about in his video, it it really is the thing that ties all this stuff together. He buys all this high-end hardware, and it just doesn't, you know, it's just not right sitting on a desk. Cough, cough, Brent McCoy. 
Um, and so, <laughs> <Come> on, <man. laughs> but empty boxes saying, Hey, you know, Brent, you need to have a cockpit to tie all these things together. It puts them all together. It's a much better experience uh, with the cockpit. That's basically what he says in the video. I'm more willing to do it if he wants to fork out the cash to buy one. <laughs> that and uh, I'm I'm in a one bedroom apartment. I'm not squeezing the cockpit in here. Well, is it really going to have a bigger footprint than what you have already? <laughs> I'll tell you, no, probably not. Not with the amount of crap I got. Right. <laughs> My now, setup's pretty compact because I don't have triples. I just use the VR. Right, and so you could have a pretty narrow spot, you know, stick it in a corner kind of thing. Uh, but anyway, his. You know, Empty Box is very popular on YouTube. This video was only released a few days ago, and it already has over 6,000 views. And surely not all those people are iRacers. Okay, so that means we're getting exposure to other people that are not involved in iRacing, learning about all this equipment, the sim equipment. And when you look at it, and he's got it all spread out everywhere, it's very intriguing to see what he's got set up. It looks like they do have a uh, Motion Ultimate Cockpit box on there and it is on sale for eight thousand five hundred forty nine Canadian dollars. Ooh. Pocket this, change. This is a Canadian company. Well Tony, that means no uh, you know tax. No oh, tax. There's still oh, tax. We or no, no tax. shipping. Tariff. Oh no. It's, yeah the yeah we we'll we won't get the uh the tariffs but the shipping and the tax are still there in full force. Okay. Seems like a good enough reason to buy it to me. Well, yeah, if you can buy from a company within the country you're in, it's got to be cheaper. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. You will save you will save a little bit for sure. So, hashtag Canada first. All right, there you go. <laughs> there, was, there was also an interesting thing he said about VR. I didn't really think about this, but um, he uses VR, and he has a rug under where he's at, so he knows where he's at in the room. Versus his regular carpet or... Wood floor. Oh, like when he's playing a game where he's walking around? Yeah. Right, so he has a little rug so he can yeah. feel where he's at in the room. He stands on the little rug, right? Yeah, he said you could get out of the car and like look at the sides of it, that kind of stuff. I pretty much stay seated in, with my VR, so I don't really need that. All right, uh, who's next? I lost track. Phil Linden. Yeah, so the next thing we have on here is Sim... Plicity Racing, uh, Sim-Plicity, uh, are a team from uh, London who make direct drive wheels. Um, I'm looking at their website now, and they have a pretty wide range of direct drive wheels from uh, 7 newton meters all the way up to the 12 uh, newton meters direct drive wheels. Um, and a lot of them seem sold out. So I don't know how these wheels compare to uh, the usual you know, brand names that we see like Fanatic and um, some of the other companies. But, um, yeah, what do you guys think? Custom is what I'm thinking when I see this stuff. Yeah, they do have some compact series with a lightweight um, motor, it says. Um, but it's kind of designed for the 8020 rig, it seems like. How do the prices compare? Um, I see uh, a range between $480 to $680 U.S., is that typical for direct drive, direct drive wheel? That's low. I mean, that, but that's just the motor, it looks like. It's not everything else you need, right? Yeah. What else do you need? Software, what? mount, wheel. 
I was going to say, yeah, I wonder what software they're going to be running since it's their own personal thing here. They're showing some of it here, but what is it actually? What yeah, software is it? It doesn't say. You, they actually show pictures of it, too. But the website is sim-pli.city. There's no .com. It's a simplicity with a dash and a dot in there. They're so based check in it out. Uh, London, England there. All right, uh, Tony Groves, you're next. Yeah, up next we got a new Rickmotec Mazda MX-5 cup steering wheel. Um, this uh, pretty sweet, <laughs> pretty sweet looking wheel. Um, I don't know if you can get a whole lot closer to the real thing than this. Um, I think it is the real thing. It's just made to be used as a sim wheel too. Yeah, it looks like they've 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 done a Nice job on that there. The the wheel features a sweet uh, <laughs> suede wrap, oval molded grip, and uh, something to a proprietary aluminum magnetic paddle shifters. Um, the the shifters have adjustable horizontal positioning as well uh, adjustable travel distance. Um, they, they they've got they they've got the shifters. I guess just working, just bang nuts on. Um, buttons, switches, and knobs on the wheel have a total of 18 functions that are mappable. Uh, and the, the embedded controller was created to be ultra-responsive for all the button functions and paddle shifts. Um, the encoders have unique dual control function, which contributes to high functionality and a smaller footprint. Um, yeah, basically, this thing is just kicking ass. <laughs> That's the way I see it anyways. Um, it's a pretty uh, simple-looking wheel, um, but you get you get just the, the crazy functionality, and this it's kind of sounding like it's a beast. I mean, it says Mazda MX-5, which is a road car, but to me, it looks like an oval wheel. I mean, it looks like an oval wheel for an oval driver. Yeah, it looks just like the wheel you got in the car there. Well, not every road car has has to have the Formula One style wheelbase. Right. The Porsche yeah, this rim is that round. I'm probably going to be purchasing is is round, and so is the BMW wheel. This would be a a good wheel for for someone like myself. Um, I I like the the round wheel because ninety percent of what I do is NASCAR stuff. But when I do want to take a trip down the road, um. I want to be able to have some nice paddle shifters um, and and all that stuff, and it, it's got just enough amount of buttons to um, to be useful for for me. I, I wouldn't want to get rid of all my buttons on the wheel, um, but this seems to have just enough. Yeah, this is a Max Pappas wheel, and the challenge when you buy Max Pappas wheels everywhere else is they don't have the shifters, they don't have the buttons. It's just the wheel, and you have to figure that shit out on yourself. And so this is put together by Rick Motec. So uh, rickmotec.com is the one offering this wheel. Uh, they have several Max Pappas wheels available. This is just the wheel. It's not a base, guys. $689. That's pretty. Hey, that Max Pappas wheel. Go ahead, Joe. I got my, I got my you know, the one that I had won in the charity uh, race. Uh, 
I'm, you know, I got a Fanatec 2.5 wheelbase, and uh, I'm trying to find a spacer now to where I can hook it on the universal hub. So it's, you know, it comes with three holes in the wheel, you know, as far as the steering wheel itself, but, you know, mine is a five. I'm trying to find a spacer now. You should check uh, Rickmotech, uh, Joe. I, they, they sell a lot of Max Pappas stuff, and I bet you they probably have something that would work for you. Um, but yeah, it's a beautiful wheel. I mean, I, like you said, the buttons with the, the knobs and you can have a total of 18 functions. Wow. That's more than enough. And, uh, this is very intriguing wheel. I mean, the price is pretty high, but wow. Pretty cool. All right. Tony Rochette, you're next. All right. Richard Hassel's, uh, posted in the forums on, uh, about a week ago about Oculus versus the Samsung Odyssey. Um, he had an Odyssey for a few weeks uh, here to test. He says it's an awesome device, much better re ah, resolution than uh, the Vive or the Rift. Hardly any screen door effect. Um, he can read all the small text on the menus, and it the tracking is very good. Um, he can actually get out of the car, kneel down, and expect the um, the brake disc, or he can actually walk on the track. What? Okay, now I didn't know this because I've. I've never tried VR, but you're saying you can get out of the track and walk around your car and inspect the car? That's crazy. I had no idea. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah, like I said, I think it probably has to do with the tracking, but I was watching uh, you know, Will um, Gibson. He raced with VR, and I was spectating one of his um, sprint car races, and when he would lean to the left when he was going through a corner, he could, he was all, his head was almost out of the car. It was, it's, it was really cool. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, this would have been handy on Monday when my damn tire wouldn't get out from my hood and my, <laughs> my pit crew didn't want to work anymore. I could have got out there, grabbed the damn tire, put it on myself, and back in the game. <laughs> Give me a hammer. I was going to say, is that going to be the new uh, feature when you're going to do your own pit stops? Or if you're that, working that, on your you could setup, actually have a crew, you could actually have a crew using Oculus Touches and their Oculus Rift that have to do the the pit changes. Oh wow! I was thinking during a setup, and you want to get out of the car and look at the right height. So you, know, you squat down and see if the car is touching the ground. I don't think anybody wants me on their pit crew. <laughs> okay, uh, Brent McCoy, you're next. And it, this is the Black Friday stuff, so this bounce, we're going to bounce through all these because we've talked all about right. them all before. Greg, did you want this? I put my name beside it, but... Yeah, okay. go ahead, take um, it. It's all yours. So, <laughs> Black Friday sales showed up for uh, Fanatec here. Um, and uh, there's been some not-so-good uh, feedback from what they've offered, and... People were thinking there was going to be some direct drives and stuff, but it looks like they're really only pushing their CSL Elite Series stuff. Plus, um, with their five deals here, they got uh, a new rim, their new formula rim. Um, so that would be offer one was just 25% uh, off of the CSL Elite base uh, for the official PS4. Just have it get in the base. Um, offer two was the CSL Elite um, F1 set, official license for PS4. Um, sorry, that first one was uh, 
Yeah. So this sec that one's for the offer two is for five ninety nine. Um, is that euros? Oh, I can't. Five ninety nine American. Um, then their third offer was uh, their new club sport steering wheel, Formula One eSports rim, um, which is going to be two forty nine. Uh, their third or fourth offer is the complete. Uh, Fanatic bundle, their most popular is what they're calling it for a thousand dollars. You get your CSL Elite wheelbase, with the official license for the PS4, uh, CSL Elite McLaren GT3 rim with the quick release, uh, Club Sport steering wheel universal hub for the Xbox One, um, Club Sport steering wheel GT uh, rim, and uh, CSL Elite. Uh, load cell pedals. Uh, that's like it says, thousand dollars. And then their fifth deal is the Club Sports Formula One licensed steering wheel loaded with innovative features with podium upgrade options, strictly limited edition. There is no actual. I don't know if that image is supposed to actually be the image from the one up at top, or they still have a different rim that's going to be announced here soon. Meh. Not impressed. It's, All right. It's it's really not a good, uh, you know, it's their base stuff. You know, I have I have that package number four is basically what I have with different pedals and stuff. And it's, you know, it's a base setup. Yeah, we talked about the AccuForce deal. Uh, AccuForce Pro 2 is down to under $1,000 with the wheel. Uh, I'm just craving that one. I just don't have the money for it. Uh, we also talked about the Odyssey already. That was $300 on Black Friday at Samsung.com. Main performance PC has Obutto stuff for sale. Their cockpits are already gone. And then obviously iRacing subscriptions you can renew still. 50% off new members, 30% off current members. So get it while I talk, guys. All right, let's keep going. We're going to get into results, uh, finish up the NIS series next. Uh, Homestead, uh, Thursday fixed. I ran P32, wrecked out. I don't even remember what happened. So, uh, Mason, we'll move on to you, P4. Yeah, I kept tagging the wall on the race, trying to run the high side. Um, fought back through the field, and uh, there's a late race restart. I think I started maybe 6th or 7th, and uh, the 4th place guy took out all the front runners but I had too much damage to fight for the lead, so I finished P4. All right, a nice top five. And then Friday open, uh, Greg, you uh, P3. Yeah, and that was that was a long, we had a long, I think it was 151 laps was to finish the race on after a bunch of cautions at the beginning. And I want to thank Joe for, you know, he was, he was working, but he was, uh, he was still in TeamSpeak, I guess, from his phone, from work. And we were talking back and forth with setup changes, or not setup changes, but uh, changes in the race to make it better. And I guess Joe was watching my stream, so he was asking me questions on what it was. It felt like I was, you know, interacting with my crew chief and, you know, actually getting, it was getting somewhere. We got to the car performing really good after the last two pit stops and, I think I marched from sixth to third, and I was running the first and second place down, guy down. I just uh, didn't have enough time, and 
was hoping that they would run out of fuel, but uh, it was a good race, and I, I just thank Joe for uh, helping me out in that race because uh, without him, I don't know if I would have gotten the uh, right changes there. All right. Well, that's cool. Uh, Tony Rochette, also, P3, you break some bad luck streak. Yeah, I bought some, uh, upgraded my pedals to the Fanatec V3, and I started them Friday. Um, a big, huge difference in uh, performance with the pedals. Uh, I probably saved myself from getting in the wrecks probably about six or seven times. Um, I was actually, the final restart, restarted second, and I was going past the leader, and I just pushed it a little too much into the wall. Wow, and do you think the pedals really made the difference between your the way you were running before you got the pedals and the way you're running now? Oh, yeah, just to break alone, I'm, I am I can go three-quarters of the way down, and I'm not even locking them up, and it just it, they feel really great. Nice. Well, that's a good upgrade then. Uh, Chris, uh, P14. Yep, uh, started out pretty good. I was just playing the the caution game, or you know, to play it at cautious since it's such a long race, and I uh, got halfway through it, and I was just racing next to a lap car, and he, he lost it under me, overcorrected, came back into me. That was the end of that. Yeah, you're always at the mercy when you're on the outside there. You warned me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mason, you got a P19 there. Yeah, I think I was in the race with Greg. Um, early restart. Uh, we just can't seem to restart at Homestead without wrecking. And uh, I got in the back after that three laps down. Um, fixed four minutes damage, kept racing. It was It was a long day long day yeah when you're down laps yeah you're just especially on these full distance race ugh i did that on sunday night i just was riding around just trying to finish it this is kind of tedious can i say something here with that too having that full race it's been a while since i've gotten in a race where you know you get that long green flag run where you're actually making you know to feel what your car bit changes actually feel like on a on a long green flag run it was it was a nice ref it's refreshing to get that to actually be able to race in it and and know that you know you're make you're you're gaining something because sometimes these you know every caution every ten laps you have no idea what your setup's doing at all. all right. And then uh, David Hall, you got a P10 that night. Yeah, Brent, was this the one where you uh, crew chief for me? I can't remember. Mm, I don't remember to be honest with you. Well, I didn't take notes on this one, so P10, I guess that's uh, a take decent it. result. Yeah, all right. Sunday open. Chris, you got P16. You put dirty race. Yeah, that was rough. It was just a whole lot of cautions, and I got caught up in a couple of them. And had a little bit of damage to the car, but I was um, I got toward the front of the field, was running low, and I didn't get on the apron, but on the, the low line of the track, and just came around i don't know if it was the parachute i had on the back or just my driving but man i just spun out and that was that was it all right tony gross uh p8 yeah yeah um pretty good race uh <laughs> i ran i was running top five for uh for most of it um oh, great yeah yeah i was really pleased with how the car was handling and how i was driving um I, I couldn't have been happier until one of the last pit stops. Uh, green flag pit stop come in, way too hot, locked it up, stuck my nose into the pit wall. Um, <laughs> but uh, thankfully, 
I'd still had enough time to, to recover and, and I was able to, to get a P8 out of it. So I, I get, you know, with the, especially with the luck that I've been having over the last, uh, last little while, uh, no complaints. Uh, I, I was happy. Well, don't feel bad about hitting the pit road, getting on the pit road under green flag. Uh, I think Brent, you did that last week and I did it the week before. Yep. Did it under caution. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And, uh, Tony Rochette, P12 with a blown engine. Yeah, I was running about fifth. Um, I was, I hit. I can't remember if I hit something or somebody hit me, but I got a little bit of engine damage. Uh, did a green flag uh, pit stop and coming out of the pits and the engine blew up on me and about 11 laps to go. All right, and then Bobby got a P7. He ran top five all race to a late yellow and a laps a lapper slowed down. On my way into pit road, black flag uh, was recovering until that same lap car made contact with me. So he wasn't happy. Uh, I think, uh, if I remember right, Bob, he was, was thinking about hunting this guy down. And I think we talked him away from that. But he was yeah, pretty he, fired uh, up. We, we were in that he race was... together. That car was an absolute pain. Um, he was just in everybody's way. Uh he was 64 laps down when he got into me with 40 laps to go. And he's like, I'm going to make all my laps up. And I was like, dude, it's not going to happen. Oh, my God. And he gave you a black flag. All right. And then, David, you had a DNF uh, wrecked out late. Yeah, somebody got loose up because I was passing underneath him, spun out, came down the track, took me out. Um, and I think I forgot to pull some of the tape off after taking all the damage and ran a few more laps and poof. All right, and then final event of the NIS season, Sunday fixed, I ran. I wrecked out early, was taken three wide. I was in the middle, and I got touched just a bit, and I got totally taken out, completely destroyed. Uh, as I stated earlier, I rode around all night, just several laps down, and it made for a long night. But uh, anyway, uh, David Hall, you got a P7 that night. Yeah, the car was even damaged. I got caught up in something early. I just, I'm a magnet for it. Um, but I didn't take any horsepower damage, and this race had a whole lot of attrition in it. Um, so when it all worked itself out, I was up in the top 10. All right. And then Brett, P19. Yeah, it was a rough P19. It was P36 dead last at one point after getting ran into from behind by a guy that couldn't see. And then uh, made my way back up to 19th. So could have been worse, right? Yep. All right. Now this next section, we're going to talk about our season results a little bit. I think we do these in one person at a time and we'll go through each uh, section. You name off your stat. And so I'll start off. Uh, first question is, where did you start your I rating and where did you end it? I started at 3,200. I ended at 2,793. I pretty much was in between that, those two numbers the whole year. 2793 that's probably about as low as I've gone and uh it was a bad homestead week for me. Uh, as far as the next stat it's NIS fixed division and finish. I finished 25th in division 2. I was 100th overall if you look at the overall fixed results. I did go back to last year. I was 23rd last year, so 25th this year but 90th overall and 100th overall this year. So um, very similar results to last year. Uh, if I jump to open, I finished 24th in Division Two. I was 23rd last year. 
I finished 49th overall in Open. Wow, 49th. I really like that. I was 87th overall last year. So uh, that's a great result for me, 49th overall. I'll take it. Uh, I didn't think I was going to do that well. Uh, the next one is league results. I didn't do any, really. Uh, and then 2019, what am I going to run? NIS, obviously. I don't really have any other plans, but uh, we'll see how it goes. And 24 hours, I will be running uh, the fastest car, whatever class that is. I don't like to be in a slower car. And what hardware am I considering purchasing? Well, everybody knows I want to get a new wheel. So hopefully I'll get that in early spring. Okay, Bobby, tell us about your year. Let's see. I finished uh, 21st. I missed quite a bit of races in NIS this season, unfortunately. Um, so it wasn't too bad. I had one win with three poles, five top fives, and seven top tens. So I consider that a pretty good year. I didn't track my I rating because I run some smaller series here and there, so it gets bounced around quite a bit. Um, that was the only series I really ran for points this year was the Open NIS series. Next year, I'm looking forward to running a little bit more. So smaller series for 12 weeks, but I'm also going to run NIS, and I would like to do some road racing next year, hopefully a little bit more regularly. And as far as a 24 hours, of course, it's my home track, and we'll be running a prototype. Uh, for next year, I'll probably start looking at the direct drive wheel, but I need to fix some stuff on my 8020 chassis before I, I go into that. All right, sounds good. Brent, tell us what you got. All right, um, started the year... I rating right around where's that here? Right about twenty two fifty is where I started. Had a good charge. Got I was pretty low at one point. I was around sixteen hundred. It's probably about a month ago. Got back up to about twenty five hundred. I was just all doing a fix and a open races. Um, so for my stats so far this year, Division Four for the fixed. Ended up finishing P twenty four with only thirty six starts. So average about one a week. Um, one win out of those, I can't remember what track. I think it was Auto Club or somewhere around there where I got that. Six top fives and an average finish of seventeenth. For the Open, I did Division 4 also. Finished P14, 28 starts, so a little less. I really didn't start focusing on uh, Open until about halfway through the year. Got four wins in Open, eight top fives, and an average finish of Four 15. wins, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, a lot of those came. I had two at Martinsville last, this past fall. I had one at Phoenix, and then one earlier in the year, I think, was at Fontana, if I'm not mistaken. So... Didn't do any leagues this year. Next year, I'm looking to do NIS Open, focus more on that, focus on how to build setups. Um, also doing the Podium Esports Street Stock Series, which I'm already signed up for. We had those guys on the podcast here probably about a month ago or three weeks ago. They were out here with us. And then I'm also doing the Major Series, which runs a variety of tracks from Open Wheel to um, the NIS stuff. So looking forward to that. And, right. for the 20, and for the 24... I can talk my guys into doing the Ford GT, I'll do the Ford GT. If not, I'm doing the Ferrari. Right, Mason? That's right. I'm with you. All right. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, we're starting to plan the 24 guys. We're getting a who wants to run what car together, and uh, good job getting that together. It's like herding cats. All right, Chris, you're next. Oh, yes, my um, rookie year on iRacing, I think I uh, raced almost uh, 100% oval mostly in is um started the, the year with around a 1300 i rating and and ended around 1700 not quite the 2000 i was shooting for um but had a decent first year as far as nis goes um 
and fixed I ended up uh, 13th in Division 7, but I hadn't really raced fixed in the last couple of months. I dropped a bunch there. But in um, Open, I finished um, third in Division 7 and had the, the most starts on the sim in, in the NIS Open. So I've just, persistence is there, just not the results. But I did have a couple of wins, so yeah, not bad for a rookie year. Like it. Very good. Well, I think you did good, and I mean, you got to consider the experience too. I mean, you're learned in racecraft and all that. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a lot for sure. Okay, David Hall, you're next. Okay, road rating or oval rating. I started around at the beginning of the year about twenty two thousand I rating, and I'm settled at the moment. I'm at twenty five hundred now. So I was around, I've jumped about 500 in I rating. Uh, and on road license, I started the year, since I'm kind of the road guy, I started the year at around 1100 and I'm up to 1900 now. So I've had definitely increased on the I rating. I finished 15th in Division Three and NIS fixed. And I only had nine starts in NIS open. So I was somewhere in the 90s. Um, and a couple of interesting uh, yearly stats. I do run a lot of uh, IMSA races and like a fixed races and i had five wins in the ovals this year and 17 wins in the uh imsa series this year all right wow that's a lot of wins good job uh new hardware i'm pretty much been talked into going ahead and getting a direct drive with a porsche rim from fanatec i already have their pedals i did buy a little rig where i'm going to be able to keep my g27 shifter so i basically get a free button box out of that um, and for the 24, um, I tried out the C7 a little bit today, and, and me and Joe were jabbing at each other about setups a little bit. It was entertaining, but uh, I've just the Ferrari is just the car that I that I love to drive. I, I, it seems to it just fits my driving style. All right, very good, uh, Greg. Uh, so I this is my first year in NIS after taking a hiatus. You know, being here in nine years, but. Uh, took two years off. It was my first year competing in NIS. So I started my rating, started at 1150. I'm now at uh, 2741. Wow, a big jump. <clears throat> and uh, so in the Open Series, I uh, finished, um, actually first fixed, I finished, I uh, only ran 21 weeks in the fixed, uh, finished 11th in the points in Division 5, 441st overall. Um, now open is, I finished in division five. I finished second, uh, 81st overall. I had one win, 18 top fives. Um, it's pretty good year that way. I, I really enjoyed the NIS this year. It was, uh, only being able to run one or two a week. You know, I probably could have gotten some better results, but uh, I'll take it, especially with the increase in the, uh, I rating. Um, I don't have any plans on leagues or anything right now. Um, I guess, uh, 24 hours of Daytona we're talking about still, uh, and I get in the next little bit here, I'm looking for, to purchase, uh, some Derek Spears design button box for my rig or maybe a graphics card or maybe another rim. I'm not sure, but, uh, it's been a good year. I'll take the uh, experience in the NIS and go on to next year. All right, well done on the I rating, by the way. That's a huge, huge jump. Uh, a lot more than everyone else has mentioned, so good job. Uh, Joe Owen. Hey, man, NIS uh, for me this year uh, really hasn't gone my 
my way. I've uh, didn't race as many of them as I like to just because of uh, work scheduling with my eye rating. For some reason, I just can't break that 3200 eye rating. I'm at a 3198 and uh, just can't seem to break it. Um, every race I've been in, um, besides a couple of them, I've actually been wrecked uh, by other competitors. And, you know, it, it, it's just been a frustrating year for me this year. It's just, you know, last year was such a, to me anyway, was a, a banner year, my first year in, in running the NIS Open. And um, I had some scheduling problems and missed like five, six of the races. And um, I failed to 88th in the points. And at the end of the year, I climbed my way back up to 12th. And that was in Division Three. So this year I was in Division Two. I think I finished um, somewhere around 58th, 59th in points for the year. Um, but it, it, it really wasn't a, a good year for me this year in the NIS. It wasn't very uh, uh, playful. Right. The hardware stuff, uh, I don't know if any of y'all do or not. Um, y'all really need to get a hold of a, a butt kicker. If you can get five of them, you know, one on each corner of your rig and one under your seat, uh, it's amazing. I mean, I have just one right now on my seat, and it helps me feel the bumps, and you can feel the tires chatter. I mean, it, feel the engine. Uh, you can feel a whole lot of stuff. and gives you that little bit of seat of the uh, pants feel without all the motion but i mean it, it's it's really cool so my plans for the 2019 year is uh take our team and and going to try to give them hell and and uh we'll try to race uh the whole season again next year and uh i plan on doing a whole lot of upgrades uh in 2019 i'm gonna rebuild everything i just rebuilt my computer built a total brand new uh, computer rig so now i'm looking to uh go and get the dd2 and get a new uh chassis and new racing seat and and just rebuild everything man that's a quite an upgrade all right well that sounds good uh good year to you joe uh, mason stiver what do you got yeah so um i started i racing um in august of 2017 and so I didn't really do much NIS running, but uh, when the beginning of NIS season would have started, I was at a 1300 I rating oval, and uh, now I'm at a 2799. Wow. And that's come down recently, so I was a little bit higher a couple weeks ago. So I'm pretty proud of that first year on I racing. Um, so like I said, I didn't do much NIS, but uh, I ran three starts in the fixed division four, P153 in the standings. Um, NIS Open, um, I did 10 starts, and Division 4 again, P41 in those standings. Um, then uh, League Results, um, I've been running the Online Sim Racing Association Dash Series, which is Super Speedway Trucks, and I actually won their championship by uh, right. three points. So I move up into their Elite Series, which is the uh, B car, the Xfinity car on Friday nights. I'm excited about that. That starts in December. Um, as far as leagues that I'm running in 2019, uh, looking at doing the uh, NIS Open and Fixed, uh, Road to Pro, 
and uh, maybe some trucks open, A open to get those uh, setups dialed in for those races and uh, looking at continuing running the Elite Series with the uh, Super Speedways. Uh, the 2019 24 Hours of Daytona, yes, I would love to run it. And uh, I would like to run the Ferrari, probably. Not the Ford like Brent, because he'll just copy and paste the paint scheme. And uh, hardware that I'm wow. considering purchasing. Wow. <laughs> um, looking for a cockpit and so a triple monitor stand. So uh, trying to decide between 8020 rig or maybe like the GT Omega. Um, I just bought the Fanatec Club Sport V2.5, the P1 wheel, and a new computer. So I'm pretty set on that. Wow. We're looking to start looking for a new team, too. <laughs> Our, so do inside jokes to... translate across the uh podcast no no they don't <laughs> yeah don't forget to look at our seat as well i would be looking at those cool uh but eighty twenty would be my first choice if i was doing it yes and, and yep. road to pro you mentioned that everyone should run road to pro and you know that i think that runs on the what was it, Tuesday nights every other week or something? But yeah, if your schedule's available, that's a great one to run. You're right. riding that Ferrari, you have to fit in real good with Junior there. <laughs> All right, Phil Linden, what do you got? All right, lost Phil. Tony Groves. Yeah, so my, my I rating gains this year haven't been... Uh... Haven't been all that good, um, but it, it was still a gain, so I'll take it. I started the year out right around the 1,200 mark, and uh, right now I'm sitting just over 1,500. Um, I did a little bit of fixed. I only, I think I only made about 11 starts in the in the fix series, so there's not much really there to talk about. Um, in the the open, um, I had 19 weeks counted with 28 starts i ended up finishing 11th in division seven um and but the best thing to come out of that is i got my first poll this year that was kind of cool right. still searching for that win but uh i think next year is going to be my year um 2019 i'm going to be uh i'm going to be fixing on <laughs> yeah, let's hear. Let's hope so. Um, NIS open. I'm gonna try and make every start. Uh, when you got all the tracks I now, I do have all the tracks now, so that's a huge bonus. Um, I'll definitely be continuing to to run with the uh, the old Bastards Racing League. Um, I'm gonna probably stick with that Arca just because it's a Monday night and that works really well with my schedule. Um, I, I might get into some dirt stuff, but that'll just mostly be uh, you know playing around. Um, 24 hours. Yes, I'll be running this year to Fosi B team represent. Um, and I think we've settled on the Ferrari. I, I really hope it is because I just bought it. So um, we, we better pick the Ferrari. Um, Ferrari is out of the choice now. Well, my other choice was a Datsun. So <laughs> iRacing better get on that one. <laughs> um, I'm not looking to purchase any hardware over the off season. Um, I, I, I kind of spent a lot this year on, you know, computer upgrades and, and rig stuff, but, uh, I'd like to update my button box to a, to a metal one. So I built my own but button box and I just used a bunch of scrap wood that I had laying around, drilled some holes, slapped it all together. Um, 
it, it looks like crap, but it's extremely functional. So um, I guess that's the important part there. All right. Sounds good. Phil you Lennon, you there? Yeah. Uh, so unlike a lot of the other people on the team, um, I've been searching around for a series to run a lot. A lot. Um, so I've done everything from oval, road, dirt, oval, and dirt road. And over the past year, my I rating hasn't really gone up a lot. Uh, in all the series, it's either gone up or down by 200 I rating. Um, but on the flip side, um, all of my win percentages and top five percentages have gone up. And um, in oval, I have a 32% top five uh, percentage, but only a 1.19% win rate. So, uh, you know, I, I'm uh, getting up there in terms of consistency, I guess, but can't quite seal the deal. Um, and my biggest uh, top five percentage and win percentage is on dirt road, where I have um, a 55% top five percentage wow. and 12.8 uh, win percentage. So I guess that's where I probably should stay. Um, but the racing hasn't been there. There's a few guys that are in there that race clean, but not a lot of people really know how to handle the the rally cars. So we'll see how I do next year. Um, what I really want to work on is kind of learning the basics of setups. I started doing that this year with Legends cars, um, and you know, finding that one series to run and give a, a good points run to. Um, as far as uh, leaks go, uh, well, I haven't really been racing NIS, uh, but I've really settled in with the Reddit iRacing League, um, which is uh, about nine weeks uh, of racing, different car, different track every week, and um, all but two of the weeks have free content, uh, so I don't really need to buy anything to be in it. There's aliens in there, and there's also people a little bit more my pace. Uh, and it's really helped me improve my racecraft. So um, I'm going to stick with that league. Um, and as far as hardware goes, I'm starting to transition away from a single screen and track IR to a VR setup, but borrowing my friend's VR headset. Um, I just bought uh, Tony Groves' old graphics card so I can finally put out more frames there on the, the VR side of things. So hopefully my times improve and I can win some of these races. If you All need right. some settings on your VR, but I just um, get with me. I can. I run VR, so I I show you some tricks of the trade to get the most out of it. Good. All right, very good, and uh, yeah, sounds like a, a neat series that uh, the I read the Reddit one. All right, uh, Tony Rochette, what do you got? All right, I began the year with a 750 IR, and I'm currently now at a 1713. Um, Back in June, awesome. I joined when I joined the team. I was about eight hundred ish, so almost a thousand. Big job. I, uh, since I joined the team, um, I finished uh, third in the NIS Open with only fifteen weeks. Um, I probably would have had second because the wow. first the first place guy looked like he uh, tanked his IR. Um, the fixed, I finished fourth um, again, Division Eight. The two top guys look like they uh, tanked their eye writing, so that probably would have been another User second place. From your channel. Um, let's see, no leagues uh, this year. 
Next year, probably not. Um, I know in 2020, I'll probably join the old Bastards League when I turn 35. <laughs> yeah, I feel like waiting. Um, let's see, 24 hours, yes, I'm going to probably run it. Um, I'm going to be part of the B team, so it's going to be T-squared. Um, Ford or Ferrari, it, it don't matter to me. Uh, let's see, hardware, I want to get a new, uh, definitely a new wheel. I want to get 2.5. Um, also going to look like I want to update my, uh, CPU and my motherboard too. So hopefully I'll get that by the end of next year. All right. All right. Well, it's been a long show. Let's go right into final thoughts. Uh, Bobby Jonas, final thought. Kind of glad to see the end of NIS kind of get refreshed for next year after joining you guys about midway through. It'd be nice to be able to run the whole season as a team. So just looking forward to that and, uh, looking forward to the Rolex. All right, sounds good. Brent McCoy. Yeah, getting started on the uh, 24, starting to get my road racing up, getting used to the uh, GT, Ford GT and the Ferrari. Also looking forward to getting my uh, Club Sport V2.5 base, the Elite Steering Wheel, the V3 Inverteds. And today I got my uh, DX Racer chair. So looking to get all that set up next week, and hopefully come NIS season I'll be ready to get more than four wins. So, All right, sounds good. Uh, Chris Scales, final thought. Uh, yeah, to make a, a long podcast even longer, um, Steve wasn't able to uh, um, thank some people from the OBR, OBLR, um, and so I'm going to just read that real quick now. Um, sorry. Uh, uh, the Old Bastards Racing League cannot operate without the great team we have assembled to run the league. We have uh, five guys that review each race in a ser- series. Uh, Peter Coco Puffs Popco reviews the Keener Farms trucks replays and writes an extensive replay article for the website. Kevin Rupert reviews the Seat Time Racing School Grand National Series. Rob Connors reviews the Metro Ford Cup Series. And Tom Ogle reviews the iRacers Lounge ARCA National Series. Longtime member Niles Clyde is the race review director who oversees all the reviews once they are submitted. We could not have such a successful league without these guys. It's a thankless job handing out penalties. Famous video director John Hastings produces, edits, and directs each of these four racing series highlight reels, and then uploads them to the Old Bastards Racing League YouTube channel. The great videos that highlight the close door-to-door racing the league provides. This is great content for the league. Really appreciate all these guys do. It takes eight guys each working 20 to 60 hours a week to keep up um, the league prospering. I thought this was important just because this is uh, what I was talking about. The the, the guys uh, I can never remember or remember the names to think that... uh, make these leagues run different than what NIS does and are the reason why uh, accountability and things run smoothly. Yeah, it's no small task to run an efficient league, and it takes help. And so we tried to start one, and we had a guy dedicated to it, and when he left, uh, we couldn't do it. Um, yeah, so. we'll get one going eventually, but yeah, yeah, I mean, like you see, it takes it takes a lot of time and effort from a lot of people to make a good league. It does. Uh, we appreciate Steve and uh, everything he's done for us. And yeah, thanks for going through that. Chris, uh, what are your final thoughts? Um, I'm just kind of sad that the the NIS seasons are with, honestly, but I'll have some time to do some uh, other racing I've been putting off, um, get better on road, and then, you know, all that stuff will um, get me ready for NIS next year. All right, very good. David Hall. I'm not particularly pat. Pretty, pretty. Uh, 
I can't talk today or like any day. I'm not particularly sad about the NIS season ending. Um, it wasn't a great season for me. I was, I felt like Joe, I was caught up with accidents almost every time I could, whether it was them wrecking me or just stuff happening in front of me that just wasn't avoidable. Um, I hope it settles down some next year. Uh, I don't know what the solution is. I just know that this year we saw it in the stats. It was just a lot of inpatient, small picture instead of big picture racing. Uh, I have had a blast this week seeing all the other guys come out on onto IMSA since IMSA's at Daytona this week running some road course running with me. All right. Very good. Greg Hectus. Uh, just glad the season's over. It's, you know, I'm still getting set in my new job, so I'm not on as often, but, uh, I've enjoyed, uh, I've enjoyed some of the fresh takes of now that the guys are going to be racing the road. It looks like the guys are, you know, some guys are really into it now. So, uh, David's been really pushing it on the messenger. So it's good to see. Um, so I'll be racing probably the road all, all winter here. Uh, while we're in the off season um, and uh, go from there. So if anybody wants to watch me while I race, I'm, you know, frozen cactus, uh, twitch.tv slash frozen cactus, frozen with two O's cactus, with two K's. And uh, hopefully we'll, you know, get some good road experience and we'll see you at 24 hours. All right. Very good. Uh, Joe Owen, final thought. Uh, I'm like everybody else, Mike. Uh, glad to, NIS season is over with. Uh, not a good year for me. Um, looking forward to the 24 and and uh, running that C7 prototype and wave it junior as I run by him every every lap if he's lucky enough to be in the split with us and and uh, <laughs> and just looking forward to you know racing a whole good year uh, next year with the team and and uh, see what we can do with it. Uh, it can't get any worse than it did this year. So uh, hopefully we can uh, advance a little more uh, in 2019. All right. Sounds good. Mason, you're next. Yeah, I'm uh, excited to be a part of this team. Um, working on the podcast is a lot of fun and uh, excited to see where we go next year. Okay. Yeah. We're glad to have you. Um, Phil Linden. Hey, hey, Mike. Yeah. Oh, I hate to cut you off. Uh, one other thing I, I meant to ask or, or tell y'all, um, I'm a member of a league as uh, well known. It's called SOMO. Uh, next year, um, y'all y'all really need to join because Paul Zoda runs that league, and uh, he is running the Cup Series next year. It's all live broadcasted, and he has opened it up to open setups for the cars just on the Cup cup uh race and it's run on thursday nights uh, i think the green flag flies at 9 35 p.m eastern standard time so uh y'all need to join i mean it, it's a good group of guys and and you know he's moving to open setup so we can kind of use that as a test filter if need to be uh for nis that's right yeah we got to figure out exactly what we're all running and try to coordinate yeah good good point there joe thank you uh phil linden your final thought yeah, so I don't I don't run NIS, so I don't really care if it starts or ends. Uh, but this coming year, um, I'm really hoping to focus on my racecraft and not really worry about I rating. Um, and you know, I'm I'm really you guys brought up um, the different leagues you're running. The Reddit I Racing League is really something else. Um, 
really thankful to those guys. They have a broadcast every week as well. Um, so hopefully learning from those aliens and trying to keep on their bumper, uh, I'll st start to see myself improve um, along with the help from you guys. But um, yeah, just going to keep chugging away, not worry about winning or losing and just staying on track. And uh, hopefully those numbers will come. Okay. And thank you for being our token West, West Coast guy. Uh, Tony Groves, you're next. Yeah, it's kind of bittersweet uh, for the end of the NIS season. I mean, I look forward to those races every week. Um, I, I've the, the the last section of the season really uh, was a huge bummer. I just I, I was uh, you know like a few of the other guys just constantly getting and getting racked out. And um, but I was able to finish on a bit of a high note. Um, the 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 big takeaway for me this year was the the amount that I learned. Um, you know, now that I've been to all these tracks a couple of times, um, my my racecraft this year I think is has improved huge, and um, just just me, uh, you know, learning what the car is doing and, and being able to react to that. Um, uh, so I see I see a lot of positive things happening for me going into the 2019 series. Um, during the off season, though, like I said, I'm going to continue with the uh, with the old bastards, um, and I'm going to uh get my uh my streaming channel going here and uh when the new season the new arca season starts up with the uh with the old bastards i'm gonna i'm gonna be streaming every one of those races so anybody that wants to watch and check out how these guys uh do their thing and how how well these guys run um check me out and once i get that all established i'll i'll throw up uh how to find me yep we'll put that on to racing uh, Facebook page, so check that out. Tony Rochette. All right, I just want to say I'm thankful for uh, joining the team and having you guys around, and you guys made things a lot better for iRacing for me. Um, you, you've improved my my race craft and everything else. Um, also, thank the fans that I see out on the track and recognize the paint scheme. Uh, uh, without the fans, the podcast and a lot of the stuff wouldn't be happening. Um, uh, I can't wait for the beginning of the NIS. I know it's 88 days till the Daytona 500. So, oh. so yeah, uh, can't wait. All right, you had to remind us. Yeah, so it is bittersweet. Uh, my final thought is uh, just that. Boy, I'm, you get so used to a schedule between February and November. You're going to race on a certain day at a certain time. And, and now that's over. And you're like, what do I do? You know, what do I do with myself? And that's kind of how I feel right now. But I'll find something to do over the off season. As far as the competition this year, I mean, I think it's gotten better. I mean, overall, if you look at my stats of how I did last year to this year, they're pretty uh, flat. I think I've gotten better, though, as a driver. And so that means that there's people that have gone into the service that are better than me that have taken those spots from me that are, you know, in the points, uh, you know, and that put me down a little bit. And so, I, you know, I, I feel like I'm kind of where Joe is, where I'm at an I-rating wall, and I'm not really going to progress much more than where I've been. And uh, But that's okay, and, and I appreciate the competition, and it's been fun. And uh, I'm excited for the next year. I've participated in all the NIS seasons, and, and I have uh, some of the best stats as far as most starts and those kind of things. So I, I intend to keep that up and continue that. So. I got a new computer I'm real happy with and uh, thinking about getting a wheel as soon as I can afford it. So I'm looking forward to that. 
and uh, thankful for the team. We've really grown a great group of guys. Um, a lot of the people on this team have not been with us for a full NIS season. So I'm looking forward to next year when everybody can start fresh and try to make a start each week and see how they do in the points, you know, over a full 36 weeks. Because that's really where the rubber meets the road. Can these guys compete in NASCAR? So that's what t Team Tafosi is all about. And with that, we'll see you on the track. Take care. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.